Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 93, in which I interview Indy Rishi Singh. But first, Transformation This is the segment in which I read my father's book, verse by verse. This is Transformations by John Dan Reeb, chapter 3, verse 16. The dust of graveyards marches by the ruined parade stadiums near conquered empire's capital villages. Mirrors exist over there, too. So many come back in here on landing lights they see in mirrors and are born again to make war. Verse 17. It does little to ask why this is. It does the same to ask why not. What works is to remember who created it in the first place. Verse 18. Listening with the eyes and seeing with the ears, tasting with the touch and feeling with the sense of smell, lead us to the observation of life chatter. Can you put your hands up in front of you and keep them there? Don Juan told you. Verse 19. You and I, we've been on a long journey. And every step of it is contained in the right now. Or is it rather that we've stayed in the right now and run through a holographic projection tape of a long journey? Does it make that much of a difference one way or the other? Verse 20. Well, what's so for you anyway? Can you run the tape forwards and back again as I can? Or can't you? It doesn't matter whether you can or can't. Flesh place fear junkies get stuck on hope, despair, fear, courage, aha, and huh, when they run their tapes. This makes them act their tapes out again and again. Verse 21. As for you and me, what are we bragging about? This also makes us act our tapes out again and again. Verse 22. By the way, we better tell them we're not making it wrong to be a flesh place fear junkie, nor right to be a journeyer. Nor wrong to be a journeyer, nor right to be a flesh place fear junkie. You paid your way here through the landing light you found. Take your choice now that you know you've got one. If you feel like you're lost, just stand or sit there and hang out with whatever is there. You already know. And now for the footnotes. You know, I don't actually have any footnotes. I just, the whole gimmick of the transformations and footnotes segment is that I recite the words of my dad, transformations in 1976. By the way, that holographic thing was kind of, I think, at least a minute or two ahead of its time in 1976. Maybe, maybe not. The dust of graveyards marching, sort of hungry ghosts that are hungry for war and violence and 
the glory and glamour of war like they're uh they're from some prior age before World War One when war was still thought of as glamorous. Kind of the one of the overall sort of themes of transformations is it seems to not want to just come out and blurt out, hey, we're all one and therefore anything that exists is something we decided to put there. Uh, because a, a, lot of, a lot of people kind of get rubbed the wrong way by that. It, it seems to smack of, oh, you're sick and persecuted and you're the victim of some horrible, heinous crime. Well, that's your fault. You attracted that into your life uh, through the vibration that you were choosing. It's, you know, or that was your, your past life karma. It's um, something that uh, whether, whether true or false, it's used by kind of, you know, generally privileged intellectual people, be they Brahmins in the caste system or people living in the first world listening to a podcast right now. Uh, to explain away the suffering in the world and to avoid um, any responsibility. But there's kind of a double edge to that whole idea of we are one. Because you can say we are one and everything's temporal, therefore I'm not worried about the suffering of the world. But that's kind of like the left arm saying me and the rest of the body are all one, so I don't need to worry about some rash on the right foot because I'm the left arm and what do I have to do with the right foot you know so so it's it's not really like that we we are kind of all our brother's keeper and uh we talk about that a little bit in the interview today when there's uh people that are difficult to to reconcile with or they you know and maybe they they have some strong opinion that we just can't deal with and so there's a temptation to want to hate them but that kind of soils our own uh, spiritual evolution i think i've babbled enough here in the footnotes kind of the whole joke about the footnotes as i've mentioned in a previous episode is that uh you know he makes reference to the footnotes that people are going to want to read into the text and say oh i understand this he's saying such and such and so i'm uh I'm enacting that by being the the child of the author, uh, attempting to explain it to you when really you're better off just listening to what he said and more or less ignoring what I said. But here and there, I'll be able to clarify a point, uh, a reference he's making. I like how he starts off with the sort of smug, well, you and I can look down at these other people and say, oh, look at them acting their tapes out over and over again because of courage and fear and, and hope and all of this stuff, but then coming around and saying, but let's get real. You and I do the same thing. So it's really kind of a a way of like letting letting the reader's guard down, I find, and allowing, you know, for him to say, you, the reader, and I both do this sort of neurotic thing without the reader saying, well, speak for yourself, Mr. Reeb. You know, I, I don't. But so it starts out kind of saying, well, you and I can observe other people behaving in this neurotic way. But hey, let's look in the mirror and, and, and admit that uh, that we do the same thing sometimes. Our guest tonight is a specialist in Ayurveda, hypnosis, mindfulness, yoga, laughing meditation, co-founder of iLiving. And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? (music) 
welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Hey, I'm... Uh, How have you been? I'm awesome. Really good. It's been since... When did the uh, the Mystic Journeys bookstore have its uh, grand opening? Like three weeks ago or something like that? Wow, was it? Yeah, it was like three... Uh, wow, it feels like a long time ago. Maybe like a month ago something like that. So, so you. uh, your name is Indy Singh? Uh, it's actually Indy Rishi Singh. And I, I like to use Rishi because... Even though that's like a, a a name, a nickname given to me when I was a kid, mm-hmm. Rishi. When I when I was in my mid twenties, I found out what Rishi meant, and I'm like, whoa, like that's cool. Because I thought I was just named after the Bollywood actor. <laughs> now, is a Rishi a kind of teacher? Um, I I would define Rishi as uh, they were the ancient scientists. Mm-hmm. Like they were the they were the people who got together and in, in the Himalayas and researched what breath work did, mm-hmm. what herbology. Like they looked at the stars. Um, they came up with yoga, like nice. the actual physical yoga that we practice now. Um, the breath work and everything, the Kriya yoga, that was all the rishis. They were scientists, practically. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been uh, on the path since birth? <laughs> I, think we, I think the moment we come into this world, we're already, <laughs> we, get, we, get put, we get thrust into it. Um, I think uh, for me, really, I mean, there, there's two pivotal points. One was uh, leaving medical school. Mm-hmm. And changing my direction, um, and that was a very painful process. And I feel anytime you try to do anything um, against the grain in re- in this reality, first you have to go through this deep, dark abyss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I don't think anybody's ever got into anywhere amazing without going to that deep, dark abyss. So that was after leaving med school, and then um, on the pursuit, like as I left and I started pursuing my own passions and my own love. I, I, I feel like there's layers, like it's almost like a video game. Like you feel like you're, you're progressing, you feel like you're progressing, and boom, you get knocked down. Mm. But then you take all the tools that you're learning to get back up even bigger. Yeah. And then you go bigger, 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 and then you get knocked down again. <laughs> so it's like levels. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that they makes sense. They probably never end either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just infinite. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, you teach a few different interesting things. Uh, what, what, are, what are some of the classes that you teach these days? <laughs> I think the most ridiculous thing that I do, I can't even believe it, uh, is I teach laughter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> laughter yoga kind of, or just... I mean, I, I'm calling it laughter meditation mm-hmm. because I want to I I break off the yoga aspect right. because... Um, everybody gets this connotation of yoga and people like, people come to my classes all like dressed up in yoga pants and everything. I'm like, whoa, whoa you don't need to do all that. Right. <laughs> like laughter doesn't require any prerequisites. <laughs> you just got to be human. You got to be human being. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I don't even say I teach laughter. I really remind people um, how important it is. And then the way that I, my teacher taught me is to um, present it with science and with practicality so that I can share it not just with people who are already laughing and having fun and who are spiritual or whatever, but also to bring it to people who are very serious or stressed out or even corporate environments or organization. I've done it with the police. You know, so it's really important to do it with people who actually need to cultivate laughter from within yeah. and that connect their inner child. And then they can really be more effective in whatever job or whatever they do in their relationship. How cool. There was another one. Um, I was interested in Kundalini massage. <laughs> so, <laughs> Raises so an Kundalini. eyebrow. <laughs> so, of course, I got to live up to my namesake. If I'm going to be a Rishi and I'm going to be like some sort of crazy, you know, modern sci- modern spiritual scientist, uh-huh. I, have to, like, I have to take these modalities that are like are effective and combine them. So, yeah. when I was 
when I when I was studying Ayurveda, there's a lot of massage in Ayurveda, mm. and massage is very important. Self massage, giving massage to others, um, and even yoga, we learn it right. We learn Thai yoga massage. But um, what I found was okay, you know, everything is about the spine. Hmm. So I started coming up with an idea because I also do hypnotherapy. And I'm a certified hypnotherapist, so I'm like, how can I combine the massage and the hypnotherapy? And I'm like, whoa, what if I work on somebody? So I started experimenting with people, and I would ask them first if they're okay with doing this experiment because it doesn't hurt. If you're going to do hypnotherapy, you might as well get a massage. So I'll do a, a massage that's focused on the spine before the hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And then the, the hypnotherapy, so it's like a double whammy. So you get the physical opening up, and the person becomes relaxed physically, and their spine gets a lot of love. And they're all this like synovial fluid, all these like chemicals are being released throughout the body. Then they do the hypnotherapy. Mm. And then the, hip, the hypnosis is much more deeper. They're much more relaxed because their spine is relaxed. How interesting. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, what else? Uh, you, you had mentioned there were other esoteric uh, <laughs> unusual things that, that you wanted to bring to, to the fore. Uh, well, I mean, wow, there's like so much cool stuff that's going on in my life and um, has been going on uh, esoterically. Um, I mean, you know, what is, what is, it's funny, like how would you define esoteric? Well, strictly speaking, it means for the few. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like most people wouldn't be interested in it. Um, in the context of like uh, religion and stuff like that, there, there's the opposite of esoteric, which is exoteric, which is a word that's only used in esoteric circles. Um, so like like um, esoteric Christians would refer to you know regular churches as exoteric Christianity. So so there might be like you know esoteric. Buddhism is more like getting into yab yum pose and the, the tantras and and this kind of stuff where where you know exoteric Buddhism is the four noble truths and the eightfold path and, and stuff like that with with sans all the other stuff. So I, I guess it's um you know it's sort of a fluid thing. You can use it. It's like the word liberal. You could say, wow, you're being really liberal with the mayonnaise on that sandwich there. But to the most conservative person politically, you know, and they, they just have two different meanings. So, so there's specific usages of ex- esoteric in, in Japan referring to the Vajrayana Buddhism. And then there's more general, uh, well, that's very esoteric knowledge about Rick and Morty. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's pretty fluid. <laughs> Wherever you want to take it. <laughs> it's like so hard. It's so hard because it's like it's, it can be so broadly termed. And then, uh, then people from different backgrounds probably have different perspectives. Right. But, I, but then putting it on a podcast is sort of counterintuitive because if it's for the few, then how come I'm broadcasting on <laughs> iTunes? You know. But I mean, the idea is that there's probably people out, and I know there's people out, uh, you know, in the Midwest and various places who they're the only person in their, you know, 50 mile radius who are interested in half the things that we talk about on this podcast. So people can kind of connect that way and feel like they're not the only person thinking about these things or talking about these things. It's true. And so, so you know, that, that's funny that, that you brought that up because, you know, living in Los Angeles now, you know, and I was in New York for seven years before this in mm-hmm. Manhattan, like... There's a lot of esoteric, quote unquote, esoteric things that are like kind of commonplace, like <laughs> just <if you're>, everywhere. <laughs> especially if you if, especially if you roll with certain circles of mm-hmm. people, you know, like you're you're inevitably going to come across all kinds of esoteric stuff, yeah. you know. Um, but it's not very esoteric then because it's like <laughs> oh, I was gonna. Um, 
but but it, but it's funny because at that bubble, like you kind of get disillusioned. Like I was recently in Texas a few months ago, and um and like nobody knew anything, right. you know. And like it was like a great opportunity then to c- share all kinds of information. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes me a little bit like a different kind of machine, um, <laughs> a different biological machine. Is that like I'm really interested in reaching across the aisle. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't I'm not interested in staying in my bubble. I actually want to share like value yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like no fun doing that you know i mean people find a lot of pleasure from that but personally i just don't see us evolving as like a species Mm. i don't see us taking the next stage in our evolution if we like if we just like let let if we let the if we let the ignorant remain ignorant you know it doesn't work that way you can't like you got everybody's got to come up together yeah Otherwise, they'll get really pissed off and be like, "Why do you? How come you guys can fly and we can't? We're gonna kill you." <laughs> and there's a lot of hostility, like you know, even from from the most you know light tree hugging you know people on in the New Age community when their when their uncle or their grandfather starts talking pro Trump, you know, it's just there's a lot of a lot of anger there. There's a lot of host, you know hostility of like, how could you be so wrong, you know? And 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 so yeah, like you said, it's like it's like a matter of almost like uh, being like a missionary to like go teach yoga in some you know place in the rural south or something just for the few people that are like starting to be open to the idea you know yeah so that's so that's where that's a great segue um, into like into answering your question about you know my particular proclivities for esoter- my esoteric interest mm-hmm. um, is is in uh, in sound in mm-hmm. vibration um, I'm, I've become much, so much more enthralled in it. And I almost feel these days that Nikola Tesla is talking to me, mm-hmm. you know, through the, through the, through, through the electricity, the electrochemical, electromagnetic spectrum speaking to me often. And it seems often that like everything is based in vibration mm-hmm. and maybe we can uplift each other and even avoid negative negativities. Even if people are tree huggers and getting them <laughs> to get non-negative, um, the the idea is is that the vibration is so powerful. Sometimes you don't even need to have a conversation. Yeah. To to make people think different, <laughs> or to get them to open their mind. I yeah, say. that's true. Um, and it, I'm learning this myself because you know a couple of years ago, I you know I, I my first time ever going into a, a past life regression, um, I had an amazing experience, and out of the experience, I was gifted a flute, mm. a Indian bunch flute, a Krishna flute, flute, right? Uh, yeah, it's, she goes everywhere I go. I mean, I go everywhere she goes, I guess. I don't know which way it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but ever since I got that and my teacher said, you know, carry this around with you, practice with it, you have it with you, um, I've, ne- I've noticed the power of vibration. I've noticed how we can totally shift any situation. It can turn a situation where I have guns pointed at me, literally, and those guns get dropped down and we're laughing and talking about playing music when we were children. Mm-hmm. Everybody's about it you know and like totally flipping situations that would normally be you know a no-win situation and vibration has that power and people who don't even speak the same language with me can benefit from it i mean it changes everything um and and as i'm learning that i'm also learning okay so if that's the key hmm what are we listening to in our mainstream what are people listening to in the mainstream and how is that affecting what's playing in the background in the mall yeah yeah Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, or the commercials, or oh, so so much stuff. And yeah. so, I guess uh, I guess my esoteric interest in it is not just understanding why that is, but then how can we flip it? But not flip it so that it's so uh, you know like um, uh, tai, like not not taekwondo. That's the other one. 
uh, like push hands, uh, Aikido. Mm. Like you know, like like how can we how can we do a how can we practice a more um, emotional Aikido or like a vibrational Aikido yeah. with all this stuff rather than pushing back, allowing the you know allowing the media to do its thing and then flipping the media on itself mm. and without creating any resistance. Yeah. It reminds me of satire. <laughs> yes. Like uh, it, letting it, it letting it go the direction it's already going, but like or you know almost like uh, judo or kung fu. Like there's a few things like that. Like move like the water, and like if somebody's coming at you with this big crazy careless punch, then just guide <laughs> it where you want it to go, and then you've won. <laughs> yeah, that's why I used to love uh, John Stewart and yeah, Robert. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They they got it right on the, on the. I still can't believe they didn't run for office. I mean, I'm still like livid about that. Like, uh, why didn't you get easily? Oh easily, man, like, yeah, that would have been a different, e- whole different situation. Easily, they had it too. I don't know why. Why? why. Um, but uh, I digress. But at least now, people like them know that if they did, they could get it because they're right. all that matters. Your popularity is all that matters. Yeah, I remember Oprah reacting when when Trump was winning. She's like, "Well, I guess I'll run for president then." <laughs> you know, because I always <laughs> thought that I shouldn't because I have no political experience. But <laughs> no, nope. the whole yeah. the, the field is open. Now. Yeah, it's, it's, the field I, I was, is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's a cool one too. Another segue. I'm very interested in bringing more um, more. I shouldn't even say esoteric knowledge. I should say this is like this is just practical stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. like formerly esoteric knowledge. I mean, like uh, <laughs> the, the bandhas, the three locks in yoga, used to be esoteric yeah. knowledge that would only be revealed after you had spent years proving <laughs> that you could do this and that. You know, like no. Uh, Flex your perineum, like oh don't don't reveal that esoteric knowledge, you know. I know. Like what makes you the what makes you the expert in right? Bunda? Bunda <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think of it like uh, you know, in the old days, you know, if you if you use just the the Old Testament as a model, whether it's fact or fiction or history or whatever, it, it was it, Moses learned a lot of stuff because he was kind of in the inner circle, the most elite esoteric circle, hanging out with the Pharaoh, hanging out with the priests, and then he was able to introduce these things to a large group of people. And then fast forward, uh, however many years, and uh, in the story, and then you have someone come along and rend the veil of Paroquet and re- and release this knowledge to the world, even to the gentiles you know and so you can kind of see a similar thing with a lot of things like uh i mean even something strange like scientology you have like you have like groups of people studying scientology that are outside of the church of scientology that don't get along with the church of scientology like that's so strange and surreal you know yeah yeah i mean i mean it it just just goes to show like how like us as human beings we're just curious like we're just super curious and then nothing's gonna stop our (laughs) curiosity curiosity. it's gonna be like wait no you have to get this you have to pay 9.99 a month we're like oh okay we're gonna figure out a way around that you know i'll let uh, somebody else pay 9.99 a month and i'll learn from that you know (laughs) inevitably we're always going to pursue like our curiosity like no matter what the, the the funny thing is um I like my belief is that in my opinion I think our advancement as as human species is when everybody's practicing everybody's practicing yeah. how to develop themselves more you know like if that's a consistent thing across the board yeah we're gonna be good I'd like <laughs> to see less of like a that 
holy war competition thing. Like I, I, I run a few pages, you know, I, I have a podcast called what would Yeshi do that's focused on Tibetan Buddhism. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, that's, it's got a lot of following on, for, for example, Instagram, but then occasionally I get someone come on and say, you know, F the Buddha, Allah Akbar. And I'm like, really, is this necessary? <laughs> like, why is it a competition? Like it doesn't, doesn't have to be a competition. I mean, I'm I'm partial to the Sufis, you know. I mean, that's as far it, it, that, that I'll dip a toe into, you know, like really getting into that world. You know, I'm going to be in, and, and they're I mean, like and and they're, and they're like anti-religion, like, right? If you think about yeah, it, yeah. Opposite. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like it's an amorphous blob, Sufism. Like, yeah, like in everything. Yeah, um, like that Hafiz poem: the uh, the great religions of the world are ships that are sinking. And the poets are are the lifeboats. That is good for business, Huffies, or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. He's got it on point. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, and it might even it might have it might have even been a woman too. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, That's interesting. Uh, um, so, but you know what? Uh, that you, you bring up a good point. Like religion is like that's that's what's kind of like really really uh, really messing people <laughs> up yeah. in the big part. I mean. There isn't enough onus on being a great person, like a good person. There's more of an onus on like competing right. to say that your thing is being better. Part of a like group just, think against another group think, yeah. Right, and that's, that's funny you bring up group think. I was literally reading a book the other day about how to how to circumvent group think, mm. like how like how to circumvent that because like a lot of bad decisions are made politically and like socially with group think, yeah. you know and. So how does like one circumvent it? And it's like a very complicated process like to circumvent it because <laughs> it's it's a tough thing and and I think that's where vibration comes in. I mean, I'm starting to experiment with sound baths and sound healing and um just like how that works and even laughter is a is a vibration, mm. right? And it changes the dynamics of a whole situation. Literally, people's brain waves align. You know, I'm alpha, beta, delta. All the brain waves they align far better when people laugh together than even if they shared like a, a story or they shared an experience together. Like it's if they were married for 50 years together, it's, their brain waves of two strangers would be better if they laugh hmm. than people who like knew each other for 50 years. Yeah, that's um, true. Suddenly, you're friends with someone. Like if you if you both you know two strangers on a subway and you witness some third crazy thing going on, you look at each other and laugh, and then suddenly you're introducing yourselves, and it's like your old friends. That's true. Yeah. And so like this vibrational thing, hmm, like I wonder if there's a way then we can like we can like kind of dissolve the religious difference and the religious separation or the ideal ideal ideological separation yeah. through or through vibration, through sound or whatever it is, there might be a medium. I mean there might be something to all these different great sages throughout time being musicians or being great orators or being great maybe they were comedians. Like yeah. I would not put it past that Jesus was hilarious some of the stuff you know? sounds like it was meant to be funny but you hear people like saying it you know like peter you know walking on the water and then he looks at his feet and falls in the water and jesus says oh ye of little faith but i mean i like to hear it like oh ye of little faith like everybody laughs you know like i mean why not why wouldn't that be funny you know i mean listen you can't get a whole bunch of people to follow you if you're a serious mother ever, you know like you gotta, yeah. be, you gotta be charismatic you gotta be funny you like i'm sorry yeah like, i don't see anybody Get, like following somebody boring, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Muhammad, I wouldn't be able to pass it if like Prophet Muhammad and like Buddha and all these guys were. And even Guru Nanak, you know, from Sikhism. That's my my family's background. Mm. You know, um, like these guys were funny. Like they 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 spoke to everyone. They were able to walk into every um every level of 
society from the very yeah. wealthy things to the very poor and everybody great give them great respect there's no way they didn't have understanding of of of, of just basic what like what we like to do which is laugh what we like what we really enjoy is to enjoy life they had to have a very good understanding of it yeah that's interesting i um i interviewed uh, a, a man who's from a sikh background living in india and uh he was studying western esoterica and a few other things and uh <laughs> he was he was talking about kind of the origin of that religion going back to i forget how many uh men it, it were but they were they, they were being tortured and they were mm-hmm. able to maintain their um, their the, their prayerful state all the way to the just through the most horrible things. Oh, yeah. and, and how that is related to like when people are mistaken for being Muslim by people who are Islamophobic, and you know, and and a Sikh is mistaken for a Muslim, they'll never throw the Muslim under the bus and say, "Oh, well, you've you've made a mistake. I'm a Sikh, not a Muslim." They'll just accept. <laughs> The, the the abuse that they're receiving and do their best to diffuse the situation pretty much in every case that that happens and it happens a lot yeah i mean it's i i i wonder if he brought this up but i am coming to the realization that our like particular like um our particular like religious formation was actually the modern jedi <clears throat> and if you if you study us a little bit deeper you'll see that like we're basically the modern jedi How cool. you know like okay we train from kids to be martial, like we have martial understanding. We, you know, we learn how to defend our, defend the innocent, mm-hmm. um, and to have that power. But then we also learn arts and poetry and music, and everything is based in poetry. Everything is very, you know, it's very important for us to have that connection to spirituality yeah. through sound, music, art, right? So, like, that's pretty much like Jedi. Like, yeah. and you know, we're supposed to carry, we're supposed to carry a sword with us at all times. Mm. <laughs> You yeah. guys will give us a lightsaber, you know, um, <laughs> at, at that point. And then we also like, you know, wear clothes and we wear, we have an identity that you can't miss, just like the Jedi. Like you, you can't miss that a Jedi is walking in the room, you know. Um, and then the and the and the most important thing that makes me go like, oh my god, we're like the modern Jedi. Is we're supposed to always have, we're all supposed to be in a state that we're not in, ever intoxicated. That our intoxication is with the Force mm-hmm. or with God or whatever you want to call it. Like that's our intoxication. Like. We don't need any intoxication to get that intoxication. Yeah, and it would weaken the mind and weaken the resolve, and then you wouldn't be able to stand up to those really difficult situations like being boiled in oil or, you know, things like that. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's pretty It's pretty awesome. I'm actually, that's funny you brought that up because I actually am – I try not to say I'm proud – but I'm very honored to be to live to live in this existence with this background. Yeah. Because the the more I realize, the more important it is for there to be a type of people like this on the planet now. For there to be like a Jedi, you know, a Jedi that doesn't that doesn't has no allegiance to any religion or any country, but the allegiance is to is to just the unification and the love and the proliferation of all. Yeah. You know, like there is that's the allegiance, and and like that, now more than ever we need that. You know, we actually need like a military force that has that mentality yeah. of love. You know, I feel like there's um, teachings from, for example, Tibet, and teachings from the Lakota tribes, mm-hmm. and there's teachings from the Sikh, um, and, and, and that are all coming, rising to the surface now, and 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 people are recognizing more and more the universality and importance of certain specific teachings and it's it's really oh, interesting yeah. to observe it's funny that's funny you bring up lakota the tibet i like i keep running into people from these backgrounds mm-hmm. and we're we find out there's so much 
there's so much parallel between yeah. us and and our passion too is parallel you know like it's we're, we're, it's almost like our genetics our dna is waking up mm. like I'm, i i could feel it within me you know the more i meditate i'm like whoa like there's a reason i have this pedigree you know and i have like this i no wonder i'm like so i you know i was always good at football and i was good at sports but that that being good at sports wasn't just about being good at sports it was actually something within my dna that that my my ancestors are probably warriors or they fought you know yeah. and and they they have to protect it and i'm still holding on to that genetic whatever you know that those that information yeah. is carrying on what and true. maybe it's even being and maybe it's even being activated now you know i wouldn't be surprised if 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 that's how our genetics work you know like yeah. in certain in certain times in in whatever's going on in the world the genetics have to turn on like the actual genes turn on yeah that's on what's interesting on. yeah like um like some some genes remain dormant until a certain point in your life like maybe some people kind of in a way remain dormant in other words you know kind of like operate on a on a smaller scale like you know just family and friends but then at a certain point are activated okay it's your turn to step up you know we, we the, the human race <laughs> needs you for these next you know this next year and a half and then you can go back to your smaller circle and, you know or whatever yeah, it is and the cool thing is you can see that in like po- in smaller populations, this population that move really fast, like plants, mm. you'll see that. Like there's actually plants that are protector plants in like a in, in, in a neighborhood, a community of plants, there's a there's like pr- plants that are like protectors, there's plants that are notifi notificators of intruders, there's plants that send out like all kinds of different pheromones depending on what the situation but they work together. Mm. You know, like but individually you'd be like, Oh, that's just the plant, it grows, it, it seeds, it grows and like that you know, like you you would never notice it unless yeah. you notice it's interacting with the other plants. And I feel like that's kinda like how us humans are. Like yeah. there's gotta be this layer going on. Yeah, from from kind of an alien perspective, you could just see, oh, okay, they, they're these things, they're shaped like this, they reproduce like <laughs> that, and not get what it's like to fall in love and, you know, like have unforeseen circumstance, you know, and just everything that we take for granted as life, you know, and yeah, what's it like for the plants? We don't even know. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful though, like kind of finding these correlations. And I think that's what's, you know, uh, that's what's so fun about like, it's fun that you do an esoteric podcast because <laughs> it's so fun to see what's underneath the layer, yeah. you know, like you can see that there's obviously there's the top layers, but then there's like a lot of lower layers. Like what's going on yeah. with subtle layer? Yeah. So cool. Like even just in in realizing that the world that we've taken for granted all of this time is made up of colored surfaces, which is, isn't actually a thing. I mean, in reality, it's only a mental construct. The, the the idea of a surface. I mean, it's 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 the the particles of energy that we call air that move like air does. You know, meeting the particles of energy that we call a rock that moves like a rock does, and then light <laughs> reflecting off it on a certain way. There's no red. There's no green. That's all in our. I mean, but it, to me, it seems like those red and green and that whole rainbow spectrum is something of the nature of the soul. That in a way, when we see a rainbow, it's almost like we're seeing a glitch in the matrix, or we're seeing kind of the fabric behind the uh, the illusion of reality. It, it's made up of these of these colors that we bring to the table. That is just what we project onto these color wave patterns that that are are, <laughs> are really just. I mean, there's no way to fathom it without the senses. I mean, for us, there probably is for someone else, but. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's as I, it's like I always say to people when they're like, oh, like you're so you're so beautiful or whatever, right? And people say that I'm like, well, you can only see in others what you have in you. Mm. So like you can't That's make true. that distinction about what's external. Yeah, you have it. and every pleasure moment came from within. Like literally, our own glands <laughs> produced those pleasurable <laughs> sensations. That's <laughs> only an illusion that it came from the outside. Yeah. It's like it's pretty that's so gnarly. It's like it's almost mind-bending to think that. And and then so th- so that's a good segue into another a- aspect and something that I've been, you know, like exploring is is uh, psychedelic mm. and uh and their effect on our perception. Um and and also maybe not just a perception but also our uh how we break down the reality that we're perceiving. You know, yeah. um because you know when you start experimenting with psychedelics it's almost like it's it's not just about bending your mind or you know you're doing these chemicals this whole chemical imbalance is happening in your mind but then it's also a test to see well you can get to these states of consciousness without psychedelics yeah like, once you know the way there yeah yeah I I mean I've noticed like I've I've had similar experiences without any psychedelics like but with meditation or deep like prolonged focus and I've been able to have the same exact kind of like expansion of my consciousness yeah or even a like, deep conversation so like, oh my god even a deep conversation and it's funny because people are using this as a crutch now like psychedelics mm. now and i almost feel like it's like unfortunate like that people are not trying to practice of doing it from within yeah because almost a, then the psychedelics are just they're, they're just they're just another tool for you to expand whatever you're working on or whatever you're mm. trying to conceive rather than it, just another way to go get drunk you know like right. it, there's like two ways to go about it it seems like there's it, it, there's a it's 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 rooted in fear somehow. Like people, because you'd you'd have to kind of step out of the normal mundane life in order to allow yourself the space to truly explore that psychedelic landscape. But in order to step out of the mortal, normal mundane life, you have to step away from the fear of losing control. You know, the fear of 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 not having you know, uh, a good cushy retirement fund, you know, just a lot of this, a lot of these things that we, these assumptions we make that make us, you know, when the alarm goes off and we're like, oh, I got to go to work today, all these things click into place. And it's like, yeah, because I've got to feed the kids and because I've got to make sure we can retire okay and we've got to make the mortgage. And and it's like, really? First thing in the morning and then we look at our phone and, oh, I got a message from my boss and we don't even get to have a moment of our own free mental space before before we let the juggernaut, uh, whatever it's been called, all kinds of rude names, the the grid, you know, the the, the Moloch, <laughs> the, the, the the mammon, or whatever it is, you know, like come and and, and just just take control. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny. I almost I almost liken it to uh, uh, like a like a c- contraction and ex- and expect expand expansion, mm. right? And like our mind, our soul also needs to expand and contract, just like yeah. our heart does, and just like our lungs do. Um, but our soul needs that. And what happens is people get caught up in all, in the grid, and they get caught up in this kind of this mentality. And even people who are not even in the grid these days are making a grid of their own, right? You know? Taking and it with them, and, and then not realizing they're, they're doing it. Yeah. But the, but they're but they're like you would think that they're free, you know, they're free spirits, and you, they, it seems like it. But people are not. They're still creating a new grid in their own mind and right. new limitations within themselves. And really it's, it's that contraction con- expansion part. Like really, if you sit still and you don't do anything for a while and you allow your soul to expand and then you allow it to then contract, 
you then now all the parameters start to fall away. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying, you, you, you see outside what's already inside of you. Yeah. If your soul is expanded, all of a sudden now you're going to include way more people. You're going to include way more possibilities yeah. in your life. But if you're like contracting right from the start and you don't have any expansion happening and you look at your phone in the morning and you look at right. the way you work. Yeah, and, and then smoke things. a cigarette and cut off your own oxygen supply and like, you know, just do everything you can and then over caffeinate. So you're just you have your adrenals <laughs> going crazy, you know, and oh you're God. just stressed out and heart racing. And it's like you don't have a chance, you know, like to even realize that there's other options. No. And, the, and that's why people end up resorting to alcohol or they resort to like. Uh, uh, addictions is because at the end of the day, addictions are just are, are longing for us to expand. Like we want to feel that expansion, yeah. you know. And maybe it's through like we think it's through sex, or we think it's through some addiction, or like cigarettes or alcohol, or we think it's some sort of maybe now it's cell phones and getting likes on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's sad but true. Yeah. God. So, so I mean, like just we want to feel the expansion, but like. I almost feel like when you know when when I do my workshops and my classes and everything that I do now, like it's almost everything is all connected to that, giving people that feeling of the expansion. Yeah. You know, giving people that that your permission, like you can do it. You know, and yeah. maybe maybe don't even, don't even fucking believe me. You know, like you don't have to believe me. You know, like do it, try it yourself. Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't work, then fine, go find something else. Like I'm, there's no like you know there's no restriction, but please expand, like expand from within. And see what happens in your life when you do. I like to, when I'm doing a yoga class in the Shavasana, because I, I kind of shadowed a hypnotist for a number of years, um, but I never had any formal training. But um, I take the opportunity to like really let people relax and, and kind of get in tune with being one with the earth. And then toward the end, breathing the, the sky. And I just, you know, mm. bringing the blue sky into your lungs and then creating the blue sky with your exhale co-creating the blue sky because it's so true the the sky is exactly the way it is because of life we made we life made this atmosphere like this and every time we inhale and exhale we're doing that's what we're doing we're still doing it (laughs) we're deciding what what it's going to be like in in the sky and so what you send out there and literally with the hormones and everything that we exhale when you get to a real blissful place where your eyes are rolled back and you feel the rainbows pouring out of you the, the 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 plants around you can feel it animals come you know like like if i get into a nice meditative place where i feel like i'm getting a, a big hug but i'm not i'm just by myself my cat will come in and start meowing it's just, she knows you know it, it, yeah it, it just depends on you if it's going to be like snow white or alice in wonderland yeah, you know Dep- yeah. depends on what kind of animals show yeah, <laughs> and I think you know there's something to be said for being able to because when when there's like a fear restriction like oh well you know for me it was I uh, I don't want to be you know a big mean angry angry asshole like my dad when he was in a bad mood or something and so I would stop myself and I'd like I'd hold myself back but then I what I what I had to learn and I started to hear from you know uh, different Vajrayana practices you go out you isolate yourself and allow yourself mm-hmm. to go there. Um, and, and for a long time, I was doing this particular, uh, the neophyte initiation of the golden dawn. I was the role of the Hyrus. And so I was the one that would always say, fear is failure. And like, you know, like get all (laughs) militaristic in people's faces. And then the rest of the month I could be Mr. Mellow hippie guy because I'd get it out of my system, you know, twice a month. But I think, you know, for some people with different temperaments, it's, it's a good idea to like explore those, but you know, um, then, then there's no fear, to, you know. That, you're gonna have to come to one of my laughter workshops. Oh yeah, yeah. Have, <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, 
<laughs> laughing. You're going to totally get to be all the characters. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's, you know, like, that's awesome. I mean, that's, I think that's why, you know, this practice and this life is such a great exploration is because we get to play these characters and, like, we, we get to recreate characters that bothered us, too, you know? Yeah. Like, if you think about it, you know, oftentimes the persecutor is was persecuted. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's always, it's it always a cycle, down. right? It gets passed down, yeah, consciously or unconsciously. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, right? And at, and at the same time, like, if we actually approached our life and understood that there's a whole theater going on in our minds, yeah. like, literally, like, we're constantly putting on a theater. That's you know, true. even Jim Carrey had that thing that just came out the other day, and he's like, I'm nothing. There's no me. There's no me. And that was really awesome because and on, on a level, yeah, like, we're just... We're just playing different parts, you know, yeah. and you can choose to put on what mask you want to put. And imagine if we like conceive this more consistently, like, cause then when you go into a circle or a group, you then would look, okay, what character are these people playing? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to match. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect everybody's character by playing a character that's not in the group mm. dynamic right now. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to add something to it rather than playing a part that's already being taken up, Yeah. you know, and, and causing conflict because of that. that makes so, sense. I mean, it's, it's it's fun. Like if we do it that way, it's way more fun. Like we actually can call it out. Be like, oh, you're. How about you be the, you know, you, you be the provocateur today. You be the devil's advocate, and I'm gonna be the angel's advocate today. You know, yeah. like we can switch off. Yeah, and I'll blurt out the inappropriate, you know, <laughs> <laughs> comments every now and then. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the asshole today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So, how, for people who are in the area, um, what have you got coming up? <clears throat> Wow, wow. Uh, every month I'm doing a astrology VR sound bath. Okay. Uh, I'm working, I work in virtual reality. Uh, we're developing a, a virtual reality astrology game right now. It's already, you can already test it out. It's on Oculus Rift. It's called Star Kingdom. Okay. Um, and, and basically what this is, is, is uh, you, uh, you travel through, first you put your, your own zodiac and your date of birth, when you were born, where you were born. And then you, in virtual reality, you go and find out. We're actually making this available oh, soon cool. for the Android. For the Galaxy, and then when iPhone allows virtual reality to come onto their headsets, that'd be awesome. But basically, what we're doing with this is you put in your zodiac, and then you travel to ancient civilizations throughout the world. And each ancient civilization it matches up to a different zodiac. Mm. So, like Sagittarius is, I mean, sorry, Capricorn is in Greece, ancient Greece, for example. Um, so, and Taurus is like ancient Mongolia. Right, like to give you an example, and in all of these different places around the world, you go and basically learn about your zodiac in other constellations, <laughs> in other zodiac, in relation, and you and you. There's no killing. This whole game is about challenging your shadow. Your shadow is causing problems all across, all across uh, the, the the ancient civilizations, like destroying them, wow. like bringing those civilizations down. So you got to go chase your shadow down. How and, interesting! And yeah, it's a really fun. You know you. You, your your weapon is a wand, a crystal wand, <laughs> and you have elemental powers depending on your astrology. So what are you? What's your astrology? Virgo. Um, actually, yesterday was my birthday, so I'm right at the end of Virgo. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you very I'm happy. Much. I mean, there's we're, ne we're never coming back to your birthday ever again. But <laughs> ha happy another spin around uh, another <laughs> vortex around the sun. Thank right? you. Yeah, I consider kind of the day before and the day after to be part of it, or maybe even up, up to a week. <laughs> so I'm, I'm it's, still it's celebrating. Like, it's like it's still a new moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, so you're a Virgo. So, mm -hmm. uh, so like what, Virgos, are you guys air? Uh, earth, mutable earth. Mutable earth. 
so you're what you're you would actually have like earth powers kind of like avatar mm. like you were like in the, in the show not the movie right um, <laughs> earthbender. Uh, you'd be like an earthbender you know you'd be, have your power would be like using, using the earth. <laughs> exactly so it's really fun like that like we kind of what we're doing with this game is, so there, there's, it's double edge. This game is going to be so awesome. It's basically going to be like an MMO mm-hmm. um, for astrology so that people can even meet each other and they can develop online and then connect with each other based on their zodiac and they can develop their characters and improve themselves. And then you can even see other people, how they're improving because all the, everything we're creating is personality related and developing personality depending on your zodiac. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's such a fun project. We've been working for the past like year on it, and it's so much fun. Um, it's so much fun also to learn about the different ways the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Indians and the Chinese how they all deal with the zodiac. Yeah, you know, and how how similar everybody is, and how they how they tackle the psychological aspects of the astro psychology. I learned right? something uh, just kind of offhandedly. I was talking to someone in Nepal. And, uh, and she said her birthday was September 10th. And I said, oh, so you're a Virgo. And she said, no, I'm a Libra. And I was like, oh, they use tropical. <laughs> we, we use sidereal over here. You know, we're still, you know, we, we want our spring equinox to start Aries. Damn it. <laughs> Just like it did 2,600 years ago. And I don't care where the stars have wandered off to. <laughs> it's like, I, I, paid, I paid so much money for those calendars. I want it. <laughs> We got those printed, okay, last year. We got to keep it going. But it's almost like uh, as if they had never come up with the Gregorian calendar and we just accepted that the seasons didn't match up with the months every year. You know, it's just it's going to drift off a few minutes every year. You know? It's hilarious. It's hilarious how, like, how we like to, like, no, it's not. We're not going to. Nature, you can't change things, okay? Don't change it, nature. The um, stars are supposed to be in wandering. It says so in the script. <laughs> um. Yeah. So with with that, you know, with that being said, what we're trying to do also is use this uh, game and this in concept also to create um, a virtual re- a virtual reality events mm-hmm. where people come in, they get to test the game out, you know, test their own astrology just for just a little quick glimpse, and then do a sound bath. And what we're doing with the sound bath is basically like a journey. Each this is the third one we're doing. Each one we're gonna do every month. And the point behind it is that we take people on a sound bath journey. So like a sound bath is everybody just lays down, relaxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a guided meditation using singing bowls and different instruments. I use my flute and uh, we play different sounds. And we're correlating the sounds and the, fre- with the, fre- the frequency of the sounds with the planets that are in actually in motion right now in our current astrology, what's going on right now, right now. Mm-hmm. And then we do a guided meditation based on what has happened what's happening now and what's going to happen in the future so that people can take a practical, can practically use astrology in their life in a positive way. Um, we really want to like start to cultivate that in people. It's not even just, it's not even being addicted to your, your Zodiac. You know, cause like we were saying, you, you know, you might be a Virgo, but actually you might be a Libra, you know, right. depending on depending how you're yeah. paying attention to the calendar from what place. But the astrology, if it does, I, I'm going to, I'm going to like do this quick thing. If it does, play a factor in our lives. If it does, I would rather want to know what I need to do now and what I need to do for the future. You know, I, yeah. I, want, I, want, I want that knowledge for myself. I don't want to know, oh my God, Mercury's in retrograde and everything's going to be crap. You know, like that doesn't help. It's not helpful. Tell me like what's happening in the Zodiac and then how I can use it in my life. Should I be making good decisions? Like should, what should I be doing with the, with the astrology that's happening right yeah. now? That's what we're doing. Rather than that exactly. sort of fortune cookie, like uh, I always think of the beginning of Pee Wee's Big Adventure where it says, don't leave the house today. 
It's like looking at your horoscope, like, don't make any big decisions today. Mercury's in retrograde. Oh, crap. Okay. So, like, nihilistic. I'm talking about optimistic nihilism. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's flip that script. Um, I always say with any of these esoteric things, I would say I rather err on the side that it like it it works because like if if it doesn't and then this whole time you like go like ah, I don't want to do that <laughs> you know yeah. like, and it works the whole time that sucks like you just totally failed you know like you could have totally used that awesome knowledge or technology right um, <laughs> but your, your your doubt actually creates problems yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing that's gonna be happening every month. This Saturday, that's happening in uh, in Venice. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing it at different places, um, and then uh, um, I'm gonna be doing another event next month. Uh, in I mean, beginning in November, called Visual Reality, mm-hmm. which is like an in, which is an interactive virtual reality, like all kinds of cool like stuff. Going. It's in Santa Monica at the Continuum Gallery, so it's a really cool event happening. It's totally worth checking out. Um, that's like there's like tons of different VR groups and stuff doing it. And I'm going to be leading another sound bath meditation there. Nice. Um, and my my laughter, the laughter meditations are happening all the time. The best way to see what's going on is to go on iLiving, um, iLiving.guru. So like i like iPhone or i like that like iLiving.guru. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's a at the bottom of it there's a meetup, and I'm always posting things up for meetups. I'm I do meditation hikes as well. So I get together groups to go on meditation hikes. We go, we'd find different places, do hikes, and then we go and we hike up and we meditate and we share information and all. We take notebooks with us. We write stuff down, write ideas. Down. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. You meet amazing people always on these, on these. And also, I do a lot of volunteering. Um, I do a lot of volunteering in LA. I feel this is like a super deep conviction within myself that if we're gonna evolve. If individually, forget about collectively, individually, if we're going to evolve, if we're going to be happier, more abundant people, we got to give back more. Like we got to do that more regularly. Like, yeah. and practically giving back, not just like, oh, I'm going to go buy some pizza for some homeless people, you know? Right. Um, like actually like, like doing things that are going to have some substantial positive effect. So I do a lot of stuff like, you know, we make vegan food that's super healthy and we serve it to the homeless, but then we end up even hiring the homeless if they help us out, mm. you know? Like, um, I do a lot of work with working with children and we do like personal statements and, give, you know, helping them with getting into colleges. And, and these are kids who can't pay for, you know, the thousand dollar tutors, you know, right. um, do a lot of work in, in different communities. So if anybody ever wants to get involved and, and volunteering, you can always reach out to me. That's like the number one thing I could say that's beneficial. And then on top of all of this, um, I think it's super important just that. To cultivate laughter and and please like you know come to any of my laughter things or just share laughter or just follow what I'm doing because I'm there's some awesome things coming in the fold that there I have an app that's coming out and I'll probably give you the links and everything for that but it's already on Android and iTunes is coming out soon nice. but it's in laughter alarm clock <laughs> nice. so you, you can upload your laughter it's a laughter library and a laughter alarm clock so you can upload your laughter I can upload mine we can upload our baby's laughter or whatever and the point is I want I'm making a whole library of world's laughter mm-hmm. and then you can choose a laughter to wake up to or you could choose a laughter for mid midday break and the laughter will like start playing when you the alarm kicks off so instead of waking up to yeah it's so terrible wake up to laughter you know and and such a better way to wake up as long as it doesn't sound like you're being laughed at because you have to go to work now. It's like that Simpsons guy, the Nelson. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, actually, some people might like that. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's people true. Listen, <laughs> they want to be some people want to be nagged, you know. Um, <laughs> but this is like magic, you know. I've been, I laughter changed my life. It's kind of, it's still keeping my like the whole trajectory of my life is on a different, it's on a totally different platform, and I, I attribute a lot of it to connecting to this practice. And, and you know, on another esoteric term, you know, when I was in India recently um, shooting a documentary, uh, I got to meet some really profound teachers out there. And, you know, I told them about what I'm doing and, you know, they gave me their blessings. And one of them took me off to the side and really quietly and secretively, you know, and I shouldn't even be, I don't know if I should be sharing this, but she didn't say like, oh, you can't share it. She goes, laughter is the highest form of pranayama. Mm. And so she's like, keep doing it. Like she gave me her blessings. And I was like, what? And like, get that from like a that's cool I, I always make a point to try to get the class laughing like I, I, I consider it a big win if if everybody is moving together breathing together and I can get them all laughing that's a good class you know like it doesn't even matter what poses we do or anything like if that if it, if it hits that then usually everybody's just happy afterwards good no and then and then take a look at like all the people who are like such bummers in the world like from politically to like whatever and, like imagine if they laugh more just like yeah. just imagine, like just imagine what kind of world we'd be living in mm. yeah it's a paradox because you can't get into that position where you're like one of the people jockeying for position for president and not have all of this machinery like <laughs> you know inside of you <laughs> that yeah i mean you know you can see it in kind of the leaked you know emails about like okay well yeah, that'd be nice if we could do that to please these people, but you know, then that'll look bad over here. And there's like not really any decisions being made from a place of yes, that's the right thing to do. You know, it's it's just basically well, we got to please those people, but these voters over here want this. So it's yeah, it's like like like, like like I said, there's no expansion. Yeah, like the the soul, like the actual soul, is not expanding. And yeah, that's when we become missionated. You know, yeah. if, the, if the soul can't expand, then we're definitely gonna contract. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like posting on the internet, like, oh, what's a good, you know, people are going to look at it and uh, how, what do I want them to think of me? It's just kind of like the, the beginning of that, you know, like, and, but I mean, everybody's being trained that way. Like five-year-olds, six-year-olds are, are posting pictures yeah. and trying to get likes and, and, you know, it's strange. Oh my gosh. Strange. Tell me, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I know. I, I, I almost sometimes wonder if like, you know, the, the onset and the proliferation of, like, mushrooms and when they get legalized, mm. I wonder if, like, that will have an effect. Like, if we start putting in our, our kids' cereal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, I can imagine that, like, you know, like, like that expanding their consciousness to a point where, like, they don't care, like, about right. being on Instagram. Yeah, like, it when definitely I'm, helps me. The last time I dropped acid, I, I was like, oh, okay, I've just been, like, locked in my own little world for a while. And that was when I, I was able to laugh again because, like, I, I started <laughs> laughing at myself. You know, and so that was good. And, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if that's going to be actually a tool in our near future. You know, like we're we're actually going to like once in a while we just need a reset, and you know that that's a kind of like a like a nice like little natural reset. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we could take herbs and we could take like we can like you know put turmeric in our tea or in our food, and that has an effect on our our, our biochemistry. Why can't we take something has about has an effect on our biochemistry to help us get centered again? Yeah. You know, mentally. Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen a couple people kind of freak out. You know? But I mean, you know, lower doses maybe are just a different thing. Yeah, lower doses or maybe they need to face their demons. Like maybe, yeah, they've been, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's it. They've just been pushing it down, pushing it under the rug for right. so long. Yeah, gosh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, because I've been, you know, reading a lot of Buddhism and kind of like coming face to face with this idea of that clinging to separate self leads to all these various kinds of hells and suffering and just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, I don't need, I've got my bag of skin already. I don't need to like exert extra energy to be a separate self, you know, like I can, I can just be and, and, and then, you know, oh, it gets a lot lighter. And then, and then, but I mean, cause it's so true because all of these things like coveting, greed, pride, even lust. And on a certain level, like it all has to do with I'm me, it's me versus the world, you know, like that, that competitive kind of that just falling for the surface illusion of what, of the world as it presents itself. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's why, like, I always try to, um, I try to encourage this with any of my clients and my students and, and even like, even my colleagues, I I think it's so important for all of us to kind of like really choose our character well every day. So like, you know, if you are going to, if you're going to, like it yeah, was a D and D, you know, character. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, totally, like totally, like D and D. Um, yeah, like waking up and meditating, and like even if it's, you don't know what meditating is, just starting the day with just a quick reflection, like a, like literally, like a really quick one. You can even be taking a shit, right? Yeah. And like just just take that quick reflection and be like, what what character do I want to play today? What do I, what what version do I want to be? And then and then once you decide that, allow yourself to visualize the best version of that like take it like keep taking another level like and then if you believe in god or you believe in some external energy that's powerful then be like all right give me that force you know like pull that into me that i can actually present this throughout the whole day and consistently be this character no matter what happens you know and i think that's if we all practice that a little bit more it then will like it then will block those demons from coming in like lust and greed and you know uh, ego they they won't be able to be as uh, efficient in there you know and coming into your in your into blocking who you are because then all of a sudden now you're like shielded and you have your your sword and you have it you're loaded you know like in the day you're ready to go and you're not like walking out naked yeah (laughs) yeah whenever i'm about to teach a yoga class i always uh say a prayer to shiva and kind of allow to allow Shiva to move through me. So I, I, yeah. I, someone once told me that yoga comes from, or, you know, Shiva was the first yogi. And uh, I said that to so, someone else, so, and they're like, that's not true. I'm like, oh, that's not true. Works for, for me. For, so. for, <laughs> for, for the, uh, to come full circle, Shiva, when he came to Earth uh, and he, he, he shared the knowledge uh, that turned into yoga and all this stuff, right? He gave it to the rishis. Oh, that makes sense. The rishis like went, they went on this like journey to the Himalayas, and it was like the top, the highest point in That's the world. That's where I'm headed in a couple months. <laughs> what? Oh, dude, you're gonna love it. I love the Himalayas. Like, yeah. Where are you going? Where well, are you going? First, I'm going to South Africa. Um, the guys in or Kay in episode five of this same podcast, Esoteric Nerd Podcast. I'm gonna stay with him and his um, Gnostic Church of the Black Sun Coup for ten days in uh, South Africa, and then after that, I'm gonna go to um, Nepal. And start in Kathmandu, and uh, then you know, kind of work my way around there. I'm going to basically fill up three months with pilgrimages to holy places in Nepal, and uh, then after that, I'm going to make my way into Bhutan and do the same thing there. And nice. then I'm going to go down into India, and I imagine I'll be in India for a while. I might never leave. So, <laughs> I'm not you, sure. you might. You might. You know, actually, there's so many contacts and so many cool things I have to, I have to send you and you have to check out. Cool. I have to make a list for you. Very um, cool. And you have to let me know, too, because that's like I keep going back. I, yeah. There's so many. 
it's awesome. And I have so many great teachers there. It's like crazy. Awesome. Um, uh, but, uh, there's a place in, in Nepal that you have to go to called, uh, Mani Garden. Okay. It's where, it's where like the first Sikh guru went, the first Sikh guru went. Okay. Um, and he helped, he helped the Nepalese people and there's a temple there and there's this cave that you go down deep, like, you go like way deep, deep down underground and you're like in the snow, but you go way deep, deep and there's like a sulfur cave that you can bathe in, wow. like a hot sulfur bath. Oh, it's like crazy. How like cool. what? It's so cool. And then the, the tea and the food there and you can stay there overnight or however long you want. It's so delicious because it's all, you can, oh my God, can you imagine? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. How delicious yeah, I booked a hotel for like the first week that I'm in Kathmandu, just a $5 a night place. But I, I'm kind of hoping that I'll find those situations where I can stay at a monastery or a temple and just kind of sweep and have rice and meditate, you know, and, and yeah. learn and, and absorb it and kind of lose track of how many days I've been there, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, th- those are the real experiences. And not only that, you know, what ends up happening also is that you end up being surrounded by the vibration. Yeah. Like the vibration constantly. There's like singing happening and there's all, like our temples always have singing going on, right? So you're like, Constantly, like this vibration of like devotion mm. is like just completely surrounding you at all times. Whereas, you know, otherwise you are, like have news and you have the TV stations playing. Right. People yeah. yeah, I feel like you know because I've been in LA my whole life and I and I've had a, I've been drawn to all this, but it's like yeah, it's like an uphill battle, kind of like pushing the, the boulder <laughs> up the hill. But I feel like if I spend a substantial amount of time absorbing all of that over there, then if I do decide to come back here, I can kind of do that with all of that behind me, kind of kind of supporting the, the, the journey and the, and the mission, you know? Oh yeah. That's how, that's how I feel. That's funny you bring that. That's how I feel now. Like I, I purposely go to different, you know, I, I go to so many different denomination churches and different like stuff. And I like, I kind of go just like get the vibration yeah. and then when it's like, okay, like now it's on me or right now. Like when I go out into the world where there is like ego or whatever, I, I'm, I'm, I've created like almost like I'm, I'm building my shield every yeah. time I go into those places. Um, so that I can't be affected by those things as much. Um, that's cool. That's that's so awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. India's gonna be India's gonna be sweet. I mean, you're traveling like, all over the place. They're so gonna have like an yeah. amazing. And I've got people inviting me to stay with them. There's a guy in, uh, that listens to this podcast um, in uh, in Western China that said I could stay with him if I want to go in there. Awesome. Yeah. And then someone yeah. in Sweden, um, Ella, who's been on the podcast, invited me to stay with her in Sweden. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe you know, maybe there'll be a European wing of this of this journey if. You know, if I can do it relatively inexpensively, why, you know. So why not? Awesome. I mean, you could just do it on foot. That's like the yeah. cheapest way. <laughs> just, just make sure you have an instrument with you. Yeah, like once I get used to being on foot with a backpack, like I'm, I'm almost, I'm kind of looking forward to the first night that I end up spending outside. You know, I don't know when or where it's going to happen, but I'm like, once I, I did it once in San Francisco, like just sleeping in Buena Vista Park. And, nice. you know, so I'm like, okay, I know I can do it. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get stabbed in the night or whatever. You know, I just have to be careful about where I sleep, you know. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised. If you're, I mean, at least I can say for India, like, you'd be surprised at how, like, how receptive people are to just wanderers. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, that's normal and it's okay. And it's like, that's, like, our whole, like, our whole country, like, our whole uh, spiritual, like, lineage is based on people who just, <laughs> show up and like crash the night. <laughs> yeah, how cool! So you'll get a lot of love from people, especially if you come with curiosity. Yeah. Um. So you I won't was, have. Yeah. I, I was I was dri- um, Uber driving a, a couple years ago, and I told one of my passengers who was from India, 
and I told her that I was, you know, practicing yoga, teaching yoga, and that I wanted to go to India. She gave me her number and said, when you're in India, call me. You can stay in my house. You can drive my car. I'll cook you food. I'm like, I think I've got my retirement plan worked out. <laughs> Just go to this lady's house. That's it. <laughs> Totally. Do podcasts from there. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can do podcasts from anywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's India for you in a nutshell, for sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, the only problem is you probably will get you probably will gain a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm, you know, doing a lot of traveling, do a lot of yoga. Uh, shoot, I was gonna say something else too. You asked about uh, events. Oh, um, oh. Uh, there's a really awesome event I'm doing uh, next Sunday on S- Saturday, September 30th. It's a free sound bath. Mm. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be at the the Central Library in downtown LA. I mean, this is like oh, cool. the the main you know the main library. And yeah, I was just main... down there recently. Oh, so, and do you remember the rotunda, like the that beautiful like dome thing that they have in the library? I think so. And like, uh, beautiful... where the escalators are. Kind of, and there's like paintings. Yeah, with the escalator, and there's like paintings all around in that rotunda, right? Mm-hmm. So we're doing. Um, I got. I was able to set up a. a I'm calling it a civic sound bath. So like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to start introducing sound baths to the mainstream. Yeah. And getting it to people who don't know about it, and also I'm inviting a lot of the homeless community to come in and mm-hmm. hang out because I you know serve them in Skid Row. So I'm like, hey, you guys need to come and like just come because it's gonna be library. Like, they come and hang out in the library whenever they want. So. This way, maybe like it's a good way to kind of like segue people into the vibration and yeah. feeling. And, and there's gonna, my friend is going to be playing the Native American flute. Another friend is going to be playing the, the the violin. Another one's going to be playing the sitar. And we're going to I'm playing the flute, so we're going to be doing a whole sound bath in the library. Whoa! I always felt like uh, you know how there's like a, a, a substantial portion of people that are homeless are also have you know are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. But I've I've thought that in the past in ancient times. You know, people people viewed people like that as sages and and oracles, and uh, and would would provide space where uh, there'd be a holy space, and like you said, like sounds, beautiful sounds, and chanting and incense, and then people would would ask the person, you know, what message do you have for me? And they channel divine wisdom. But if it, it, we we don't have anything like that, we just you know th- those people end up on the street and end up surrounded by trash and surrounded by, you know, all, all kinds of crazy things. And, and it, it, it creates an environment where the kind of things that are being channeled come from a different place. They, they, you know, they come from a darker place or a more confused, chaotic place. And so yeah, and then on, I like that idea of, of starting to build a holy, you know, build, build a sense of like a holy space for people who, who just can't, you know, work at Starbucks. Like they just don't have the temperament to be able to be on the grid, you know, like it's hey, I don't really, know about you, but I, I don't know about you. I don't want to work at Starbucks. Me neither. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Trying to walk that line between like, you know, not buying into the machine, but also not being homeless. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's funny because like, you're right. That's a great, that's a great connection you made there because in old times, um, especially like the Sikh background, you know, like Sikhism came into being, why it proliferated so fast was because it was so, um, it, it, it said no to like the forced conversion mentality of religion. Like we're going to make you believe in God, you right. know, um, that from like the Muslim and the, the whatever the, 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 uh, the crusades and that, that kind of mentality. Right. Yeah. Then also it was like a, a, it was also a deterrent from the whole caste system that was happening with Hindus. And so they were like, oh, like, you know, like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be poor because you're born into it, you know, right. like that kind of mentality. 
So the Sikh, the Sikh movement actually came out of that, the idea of here's a community, come into the community, you don't have, don't worry about money, don't worry about other, okay, what can you do? Can you broom? Okay, if you can broom, you get a place to stay. You know, yeah. oh, you can cook food? Here, cook some food. Oh, but by the way, while, while you're doing all this service, there's always going to be good vibrations going on. There's always going to be like positivity being spread in the community, right? There's always going to be like empowerment happening, whether you're man, woman, gentile, whatever you are, gentile, whatever you are. You're going to mm-hmm. be, you're going to be given utmost respect. You know, everybody's on equal standing. Yeah. Right. And like, holy cow, like all these people who were criminals or homeless or whatever, or like had mental issues, all of a sudden had a purpose, mm-hmm. had a place. And then all of a sudden, it's, there, the violence goes away, right? And the, and, and the addictions go away, like needing drugs or needing whatever goes away because you're like, whoa, I feel high from being in this community. Yeah. So it would be wonderful to start to create that here in, in L.A., maybe to get some of that $100 million that, like, you know, Eric Garcetti's got going, you know? Like, because they keep giving money to people where it's not working, where, like, the system is proliferating in the negative direction. Like, we can't keep giving money in the same place it's not working. Like, right. Let's start to give it... Let's start to proliferate these kind of ideas. I actually want, my hope is, you know, I, I work with a nonprofit called Share a Meal, where we have a food truck and volunteers come on and we make vegan food and we hand it out to the homeless five days a week all year long. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I, I always play the flute. I walk around, play the flute. So many of the homeless people that I meet, like literally, because we get to talk to them and have conversation with them, a lot of them have had tough situations. But if you gave them an instrument or you gave them some art to work on, they would be doing awesome stuff. And I want to like start giving instruments to them. So even if you, if any of your like listeners ever want to come volunteer with me with Share a Meal, that would be awesome if people can bring instruments that we can give to the homeless people in Skid Row. Like let's change the vibration that way. Like yeah. if we don't have to wait, we don't got to wait to get like a huge freaking building in the center, you know, and million dollars, all that bureaucracy that gets done. Mm. Let's just change the vibration just from music and sound. We I mean, give people instruments and give them drums, drum circles in Skid Row. You know, come on, yeah. like we can get. We can start doing awesome stuff down there. It seems like what what we're up against is like kind of a very organized groupthink that would say that um, it's the same people that don't want to raise the minimum wage because you're not <laughs> supposed to stay working at McDonald's. It's supposed to be an incentive to go to college and get a real job, young man, or whatever, you know? And and, and so you're not supposed to be able to feed your family on, on minimum wage. And, so, you know, those same people would say, well, it sh- we shouldn't. We shouldn't make it make the homeless people comfortable. They ought to always be worrying about the police coming around and kicking them from place to place. And, and there should be they should have their instruments taken away so that they can't <laughs> have frivolity and fun. You know, so it's, it's it feels like that's there. Like that's a real force of, of people who think that way. And, and it's like a weird kind of twisted religion. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I think that we need to put more energy into what you're talking about. And maybe invite them over for some mushroom tea. Yeah, yeah, so they can mellow yeah. out and see through, see outside the caste system. Well, they're like, well, my perspective has been so limited this whole time. Oh my god, I never yeah. realized. This, yeah. By the way, what's in, the, what's in this tea? It's very delicious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, with more things becoming, you know, with the the singularity around the corner and 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 with everything becoming mechanized, there's got to be a place for people. Who really just want to live and chill and not have to deal with, you know, uh, cops kicking them from place to place or things being so dirty, you know, it, yeah. it's yeah. good. We get- we got we got to give them a place, but then also like give them a replacement a for a, a, a purpose, a replacement for the addiction. Yeah. You know, like there's gotta, 
people will never get like we're all i mean to be honest with you we all are addicted we all right. have addictive personalities everybody yeah. if you're human you have an addictive personality <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna be addicted to something right so the point is like having healthy addictions healthy habits or bad habits and unhealthy um and right now what happens is they don't have there's like nobody introducing positive healthy habits to them you know like there's nobody even bringing it into the circle i mean yeah there's people who teach meditation and yoga i've met some of them and there, people are doing some great work but on a bigger scale, like so many of us are so comfortable, we can easily start to give a little bit more. Right. And it's like a little bit more. And it will only help us because those people will end up, if we don't take care of them, if we don't help out, they're going to end up being the people who mug us on the street. Or they're right. going to be the person who breaks into our house or our car. Eventually, yeah. you know? Yeah. So for the people out there who's uh, who, who've seen everything good on Netflix... Um, <laughs> you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Not gonna, we're not going to put any guilt on it, but you know, like uh, you might look into you know other options. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I know for me, like when I'm thinking, oh well, what do I want to do? I'm thinking, well, what experience would I like to have? You know, like would I like to do this or would I like to do this? But maybe there's like another thing where it's like, well, shit, I've got this this extra energy here. What what good can I do for someone else today? Yeah. Yeah, or even animals. I mean, shit. There's like, there's so many things we could do. And the and the irony is, like, on on a totally esoteric um, platform, you know, I'm I'm gonna do it this way. There is some magic to service, like mm. selfless service. Not like helping out your mom or your brother or your friend, but like helping somebody with no expectation of anything in return. Like, you know, like doing something so, you know, paying for that person behind you who you know has been struggling or really upset or in front, you know, like yeah. some of those little small acts of kindness, there's magic in it. Like there's, I can't, like honestly, I don't even, I don't get it yet. Like I don't know what's going on in the fabric of reality, but something happens when you start doing this regularly in your life. Like something really magical goes, it's like maybe they're karma points. Like maybe it's like a meter that we have like on a subtle layer, you know, yeah. like if we, it's like a flow that once you get it going, it just keeps flowing. Yeah, and then like the universe conspires to like support you in like anything that you want to do. But you got to come from like this completely selfless perspective. The moment right. you bring hubris, the moment you bring hubris into it, or the moment you bring your ego into it, boom, it crashes. Yeah. Like it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> huh. That makes it's, sense. It's, I, I, I've, been, I've been experimenting it myself, like in my own life. So I'm like, I'm not even saying it from like a external perspective i'm thinking from an internal one like whoa like what's going on with this like when we go when we actually do things from a really selfless place shit works in our lives like in a beautiful way yeah what's going on what's going on here and why aren't more people getting on this like you all you can do is do it one time and see for yourself you know like it, you, it's like the experiment's flawless yeah I mean, and then you look at every sage and any saint and any religion, the original... They're all saying the same the, thing, yeah. They're all saying the same thing. Like, they're not, like, nobody's, like, saying anything opposite. Like, they're not saying, oh, do selfish things. Do your own thing. Make sure you're happy. You know, like, right. nobody is saying that. <laughs> why, why is everybody doing it? I'm so confused. Yeah. So confused. Yeah, there's definitely a balance to be struck. Like, because um, I, I went through a number of years where I was constantly trying to make other people happy at the expense of my own happiness. So at a certain point, I had to put the brakes on and say, you know what, I'm going to say no a few times, you know, when people say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And, uh, you know, 
just ask myself, well, what, what do I want? You know, and, and uh, then I can be vibrating on a higher level and able to offer more. But there has to be, like you said, the soul expanding, the soul contracting. If the soul is expanding, 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 it will eventually dissipate. And I found myself like being grouchy. I'm, like in a, I'm constantly well, in a position of service, but I was being grouchy with everyone. And so I was like, okay, I'm not really providing much good you know this was like probably 2012 2013 and i was teaching classes several times a week but then you know if somebody had kind of a rude question i'd just jump on them and i was like oh my god i i, I think i just made an enemy you know like i need to, I need to stop you know yeah and that, <laughs> Take some and that time happened. off do yoga you know that that happens i mean i mean like like we are a part of the whole anyway so we have to of course make sure that you know internally we're also we're also loving ourselves and the community that makes up who we are, you know, like all the organs and the cells and the, yeah. the different personalities within us, the different characters that we're made up of, you know, they need love too, you know, there's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's only true. like serve outside, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's a combination. Like it's a, it's a beautiful flow and ebb, ebb and flow of like loving yourself and then loving everything outside of you, even those who you don't agree with, you know, and yeah. that's where, that's where the real evolution of our being comes from. And, and from an esoteric perspective, that's when everything is blissful. Like that's when we're like constantly in like bliss is when we can come to that realization that there is no separateness. You know, we are all in it together and it's might as well have fun and like enjoy it and then see how every situation can be an opportunity to transmute the vibration. That yeah. change the vibration. Every everything is an opportunity. And in a world that's so gray, like when you come in with those colors, people are drawn to that, you know. And then, well, then there's a temptation to get a big ego about it. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> look of I, all the people in this room, everybody wants to talk to me. <laughs> look, look, what I, look what I can do. Look what I can do. Look at me. 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 Oh, now I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Back to the, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I, that's funny you bring that up. I have struggled with that so much. There was a, my, between my, like, I would say like 19, 20 years old to 28. Oh my God, I was like, I was like totally like ego, you know, like <laughs> hardcore ego. Then like my 28 to 35, I was like, oh shoot, I'm going to like completely hide. You know, like I'm not going right. to share anything I'm doing that's awesome. I'm going to be very, maybe here and there I'll let people see a glance, but I don't, I don't want to like, you know, I'm like, I was afraid, right? And then now I'm like starting to realize that I guess I'm sick for a reason. Like I'm, mm. I'm not sick, like, <laughs> but sick, right. like, um, yeah. but, uh, but maybe sick like the slang, you know, but I'm yeah. sick for a reason because, um, because it's like an opportunity to radiate this belief system, the belief system that we are, we, we all have a divine right to be happy and blissful. Everybody does. You know, and somebody, and, and we're like, this, like wearing a turban and we're, uh, having my beard out and having, being this, like, being flamboyantly, like, uh, what is it? We're flamboyantly, like, radiant. You know, I think is, is a great honor. Like, not everybody can do that, you know, and not everybody, not every animal can be the peacock. Yeah. So it's, it's important that if you are a peacock, to do it with, like, you know, like, do it, you know, like, relentlessly with no regard, you know, for, mm anybody else is not peacockness, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's important. Like we have to understand our role and what we are doing in this, on this earth. And, and on an esoteric level, we got to understand where, where, what, what, le what Lego piece we are on the bigger piece, mm. the bigger, huger piece. Yeah. Interesting. So fun. Such a fun journey. Yeah. Well, gosh, thank you so much for being our guest on the Esoteric Nerd podcast today. 
<laughs> Thank you for helping me exist. I, I, didn't know I, I didn't know I was real and not until you called me. So I'm currently here. Cool. Thank you for exchanging. And I, I, uh, I, I like the idea of the nuosphere that all of our brains are 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 like uh, are like individual brain cells in the brain of Gaia. And and mm. as we pr- approach the singularity, it's Gaia waking up. And so it's like in this conversation, you and I have had a uh, a synapse between the two. Uh, brain cells that we that we are the custodians of. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that is that what that was? I felt a little bit of gas. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. The neurotransmitters have their their carbon dioxide byproducts. You know. <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're you're really awesome. Thank you, you for too. doing this. It was very Thanks. nice meeting you uh, at the event the other day, and I'm glad that we were able to set this up. Totally, totally. I'm glad we did episode 93. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's your connection with 93, if not, because uh, uh, I had mentioned Thelema, but you didn't, that wasn't your connection with it. Actually, uh, I, I'm a, it's not even 93, it's more the flip off it, 39. Um, oh. And, but, but, but to me, you know, it's the same thing, forward or backward, you know, it's just mm. a relative thing. Um, but uh, 39, uh, the, the, the largest... Um, the largest uh, known prime number. Oh, I just turned 39 yesterday. Whoa, dude. There's Synchronicity there all over the place. Yeah, the largest wow. discovered by like a machine or anything is, is M39. And there's also a galaxy M39, uh, which is like possibly has life on it. But wait a minute. Isn't it divisible by three? No, no. It has 39 like digits. Oh, the largest prime number has 39 digits. That makes yep. sense. Got it. How interesting. I look forward to talking to you next time, and uh, we'll be in touch. Likewise, likewise. I'll have to see you at one of my events. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Um, in the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your birthday weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Indy Rishi, for being our guest on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast tonight. Thank you to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofuku-in on Mount Koyasan for the music you're hearing right now. Thank you to Tangerine Dream for their album Ricochet, which played in the background of the Transformations and Footnotes segment. Thank you to identical twins Camille and Kennerly, for the harp intro and outro to the interview itself. And most importantly, thank you to you, the Esoteric Nerd, listening to this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Namaste. <laughs>